Hello and welcome to the Xstat Premier League show with myself, Glody, and I'm joined here today with a good friend of mine and all-round football fanatic, Alex Best. Hello, Alex. Hi, Glody. How are you? Hi, I am very good. I am good. Football is back. The sun was shining. It was good results all around for myself. I am looking forward to the rest of the season. Of course, I don't think you can say the same. I think this week we'll just... Um... We'll, we'll just move swiftly forward, Let's not talk about um, personal teams and let's be pragmatic today. Why not? Okay. <laughs> so I can't wait to get into this episode. I don't know if you can tell from me. I'm really excited to get into this because um, we're going to talk about Arsenal, Brentford, a bit United, a bit of Leeds, Leicester versus Wolves, and also to round off Tottenham v City, which just played on the Sunday. Um, we're going to give a bit of what we thought about the games, how it was played, the things we kind of saw that you might have missed, and hopefully you might learn something, but hopefully we can just entertain you. And let's not start with the most entertaining game of the weekend, in my eyes, in t- arsenal Brentford. Alex, would you like to talk to me about how that game went? Yeah, so Arsenal Brentford. Um Brentford came away with the three points from being at home. Um nice little two nil. Uh operated with a three five two, Arsenal in the four two three one. Look, um let's do let's do the obvious first. Arsenal were not very good. Um their team that they put out struggled. They had a bunch of injuries, including Laka and Uber and Renarsson getting injured on game day. And it, it just seemed like they didn't really have what it took to win the game. Um, talking about Brentford, I mean, they were up for it. Fans were up for it. Um, I've heard from some sources that the fans were in the stadium as early as two and a half hours before the game. And two and a half hours? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah, two and a half hours. Wow. So um, they, they really were um, excited for their first top flat game since 1947 um, that I found out and the last team that they played as their first game is who Glady as I guess was Arsenal was Arsenal yeah of course was Arsenal was, was, Arsenal. was weirdly Arsenal um, where where Arsenal won 1-0 so um, yeah I think they performed brilliantly um, I really liked the 3-5-2 I liked the Ivan sort of Buemo partnership I think they really really tried to give it to Arsenal operated in a High press. Um, they wasn't really doing too much in terms of short passes. Really trying to be di- as direct as possible. And yeah, um, I think they they can be impressed with with how they played. Yeah, no, Brentford were um, great. Loved the three five two. Loved the two strikers. We don't really see two strikers these days. You would see like inside forwards or inverted wingers, or you see like a winger and an inverted forward kind of, and just one solo striker. So here for the two striker, which obviously complements how they do play with the high press. We'll get to Brentford on in a sec, but um, if we just stick to Arsenal for just the time being, because I, I have a few questions about Arsenal. And um, I think we can't talk about Arsenal without talking about the defence. And we can't talk about Arsenal's defence without talking about Ben White. How did you think Ben White fared? Um, it was it was a good start, but was it just unlucky, or was there glimmers of what's to come and what he actually brings to the team? Um, so comparatively against what he'd done in pre-season, I think this was probably not one of his best games. However, I still think he was a standout performer. 
for Arsenal in his first official game for them. Um, clearly, there were some mistakes um, that he contributed to um, and he will learn from. But I think there's positives in the sense of he will get more time. Um, I think the game that he was in was a little bit difficult. I don't think he's going to be paired up with uh, Mari week in, week out. And Yeah, of course. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to sort of... I'm going to let this game slide um, for him <laughs> because I think with a £50 million price tag, there's definitely more to come, definitely. Uh, 110%, I agree with that. I think the price tag's a bit unfortunate. Not that I don't think it's worth £50 million. I think he's worth £50 million in the in the way football's played at the moment and what you want from a centre-back and what you need from a centre-back. And obviously you've got the being English tax, which you can't look past it, it adds. So it, it kind of, it works. And then, you know, you've got the comparison to other centre-backs that have been signed by other teams. And I watched him and I thought, he's really good. He's really good. You, you know what you're going to get with Ben White. He's really good at progressing. He's really good at bringing it out from the back. He plays those forward passes. He likes the ball at his feet. He's not awkward with it. He's very comfortable with it. So I think there's much more to come from him. I just think it was a kind of day where Brentford really capitalised on errors. They really, you know, there was two errors that led to two goals kind of thing. And if we talk about the first error with um my boy Sergi Canos, who massive fan through um the great game that is foot manager, so I was really happy to see him score. But although the shot was great, and yeah, Leno did get beat near post. Callum Chambers, what's he? What's 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 happened there? Is he is he the right fit? I'm not too sure <laughs> with him. Uh, the clearance wasn't too good, and then his feet. I mean, you can talk to me more about it. Um, but yeah, Callum Chambers, the first goal. What's going through his head? Yeah, so in simple terms, Callum Chambers wasn't close enough um, to Sergi Canos, and I don't feel like Sergi done enough to get a shot on target. I mean, I've I've rewatched the goal a couple of times and. Sergi's not really putting any disguise on that touch he's taken away from goal before he slaps it into the bottom corner. Um, yes, the ball does go through Callum Chambers' legs. That's unfortunate. But I mm-hmm. think there's an opportunity for Callum Chambers to get there a little quicker to stop the shot altogether and, and sort of force him across goal um, in terms of having to take that additional touch. Um, but I think... Defending in the box can be sort of Callum Chambers' weak spot. He's he's not someone who's got masses of agility. He's also not really your traditional sort of right-back, wing-back player where you're looking for someone who's going to be hugely athletic, has got all of that agility, can put a ball in the box, um, and, and, and relatively good in terms of 1v1s um, when the attacker's got the ball at their feet. So I think... It's tough for Callum, right? I mean, he's he's quite a tall guy. I think he's five eleven, six foot. He's not going to have masses and masses of agility, right? Or 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 that know how. Also, he's he's a centre back by trade and sort of learn how to become a right back. And sometimes that can be quite difficult. Um, but I think with this goal, there's definitely more that can be done. Um, but I think more pertinent is that Leno's positioning needs to be slightly better at this point and really shouldn't be getting beat at his near post um it, it just it just shouldn't be happening but yeah it's it's um 
it's difficult. It's difficult um, from an Arsenal fan and to see see him sort of get that ball put through his legs, especially as he's someone who's been at the club for so long. Yeah, it's kind of like it reminded me of. Um, <laughs> do you remember when he used to play? Um, the um, Call of Duty and you've thrown a grenade and it's kind of bounced off the door hinge or the door frame and landed in front of you and you don't know what to do. You don't know if you should go left, if you should go right and it kind of just explodes at you and then you're kind of like, well, that's it. That's what I kind of saw. Like, he's cleared it but he's got a lot of height but it hasn't gone very far and it's gone to Sergi and then he's kind of like come to him and the kind of going, wait, do I, do I go to him? I don't want to give away a penalty so maybe he's going to go left, maybe he's going to go right. I'm not too sure and it's kind of like just stood there awkwardly like shuffling from left to right. And then it goes through his legs to add it and then gets Leno beat near post. Which, again, is unfortunate for Leno because he sees it late. It's a very powerful strike. But Keeper shouldn't get, get him beat near post. But you can make an excuse for him here and there. And then to say you were out of the game is not true. You weren't. Arsenal were not out of the game. They were playing well. There were still dangers. Like, you guys were pinned back. Like, um, Smith Rowe was getting positive positionings. Um, Pepe was having... Those left foot shots, uh, which I still don't understand. Like, he gets one a season and he thinks he can do it every day. It, it, it gets me. But then you can see the second. And that's just when it all kind of goes wrong uh, in my eyes. Would you not agree? Yeah, I mean, just that's quite a good summary. And I'd agree with most of that. I mean, if we go and look at the statistics um, from this game in terms of expected goals and expected goals on target in the second half, um, Arsenal were much higher in terms of XG comparatively to Brentford, with Brentford being at 0.84 and Arsenal being at 1.1. Mm-hmm. And also in terms of expected goals on target for the entirety of the game, Arsenal were in at 1, whereas Brentford was 0.37. So Arsenal were definitely having shots and putting them in, in, in difficult areas for the keeper to save, um, which does say that um, David Raya had a relatively good game um unfortunate for me because he was on my bench for my fpl but yes we move on we digress uh, and yeah that second goal uh really was against the run of play in in the second half um it's just sunday league <laughs> antics i don't really know yeah where i'll support it to um it's not a long throw i wouldn't say it's a long throw We've seen Rory delapse before, and we, we know the weapon that that carries. But this was just relatively straightforward, um, and Janssen just just pins pinned back um, one of the defenders, and then let it bounce to the back post where there was one or two players who could have got that goal, um, and it just happened to be Christian Norgard who could who could put his head on that. Um, so I think from an Arsenal perspective, it's really disappointing considering they just brought in a new set piece coach into this season and someone who knows Arteta quite well from his time at City and yeah it'll be something uh, that they'll be working on most definitely to not happen again and I think Arsenal are gonna need to do much much more work in terms of training um, to make sure that they're sharper in their next outing. Yeah, no, I agree completely. If if there were if Roy Delap's thrown a, a double cheeseburger, this was the ninety nine p version. It wasn't long. It was quite <laughs> short, but yet it still got into the box, and then it bounces in front of um the defender Ben White, and you're kind of like not too sure what kind of happened, and it was just like oh no, come on, 
does that need to happen? Do you know what I mean? Does that really need to continue? You should clear it first time. But take nothing away from Brentford. They played well. The Their press was really good. I'm super excited to keep talking about them throughout this season, which is a nice way to roll into because we will be here for the whole season as well. So get ready for these weekly podcasts. But um, anything before we move on? Any any last mentions about Brentford, Alex? Or are you happy to move on and talk about another game? And you'd have to keep reminiscing about how bad you guys were. <laughs> um. Just, just one thing. I think this this duo up top of Vantoni um, and Brian Buemo is is something to keep an eye on. Um, I think they're going to do quite well against these bottom half teams. Um, I think potentially, if Ivan has a good season, he could potentially go into a top six side. I'm not too sure yet. Um, Brian, Brian's quite young. I think he's around 21, 22, or maybe even 23. Um, so yeah, keep an eye on those guys. And if you're looking for someone cheap in FPL, yeah, they're, they're helpful too. Get them in, get them in before they go up, before they bang another four against Villa. <laughs> no, I don't know why I mentioned Villa. I just, I just <laughs> didn't like the defence this weekend. But um, moving on, what, what game would you like to talk about next, Alex? Um, so United Leeds, I think it's quite, quite, yes. quite an interesting one. Yes, um, it is. The stats, the stats say one thing, the game says another. <laughs> yeah, I know it's a game that you watch, so um, uh, I'm, I'm keen to sort of keen to sort of to hear your thoughts and um numbers don't lie. Check the scoreboard. That's all I'm gonna say about um the stats saying one thing in the scoreline said another. Um, no, it was a game of not even two halves. It was a game of one half, and it just went really well for United. The, the score was 5-1, if you haven't seen it. The score was 5-1, and both teams set up 4-2-3-1. was very mirrored. No really major shocks in lineup. There was no Phillips. Understand, he's injured. Not injured, just came back from Euros. I think he played every single game in the Euros, if I'm not wrong. So you yeah, can understand why he wanted to rest him, you know, just ease him back into it. He didn't want the injury there. And for United, Paul Pogba played on the wing, which we'll get into in a sec, and how... The goals came from different from different areas, but so you watch the game and it's nil nil, no real big chances going off. You they played Greenwood down the middle. United did um, very. Not, he was kind of getting bullied at one point. You maybe saw okay, this is going to be an easy time for Cooper, but then. What happened was, was Pogba decided, I'm going to drift more centrally, and Bruno decided, I'm going to drift more left. And that is how the first goal comes. Pogba drifts more centrally, plays the ball through to Bruno, who's there, running down the middle, finished, got the goal. And that is how all United goals really came. It was the man press that leads play. And what I mean by that is that leads play a man press. There's two different presses you can do. You can do a man press, you can do a team base press where City do a t- kind of like a team base press where it's like one man goes to it but another man cuts off the par- passing lane another person cuts off this pair and they like get you in this like trapoid or triangle little thing where um what leads do is you have a man and you press him and you press this man you press this man you press this man you press this man which works really well against teams that are rigid and don't really want to come off formation but the minute you have players moving about drifting out wide, drifting in centre, taking your man with you, or now you're not sure if you should go with Paul, if you stay because you see Bruno coming in and Greenwood and it's all interlinking. It, it just causes havoc and mm. um, Kotchak sent him mid, couldn't 
couldn't find Bruno for the whole game. Bruno was his man and he just couldn't stick to him. And Bruno would just run off the back of him, get between the two centre-backs and get his goals from deep play pass from Pogba, who drifted more centrally. So that's what you should take from the game mostly. It was just United found a way to get round leads. There was space yeah, and Bruno and Pogba really, really benefited um, from it. Sort of been that single pivot role protecting the defence considering he's a centre-half. I don't think that's a role he's had to play for them before. Um, however, I'm I'm keen to know and learn more about United sort of on the ball and, and, and how they were progressing the ball. Was it sort of they were trying to play short passes or was it a little bit more direct balls over the wing-backs or right-back, left-back positions? Because it, it seems like from when I'm looking at the stats, um, the pass success for this game, I think, out of all of the games that we'll probably be speaking about today is the lowest um and that's even compared comparing that to the liverpool and norwich game as well so was was it sort of end to end or was it just both teams wanted to be super direct and, and super effective that's actually really good because it was they were both what united had 79 um leeds had 78 which is not the highest you really want if you if you're keeping the ball you're looking at the mid 80s mid like really low 90s if you're really keeping the ball if you're playing these short passes but um, to put it into um, perspective, um, Lindelof played a direct ball when Fred got, a, and that played to Pogba, that went to Fred, that got the goal, kind of thing. So it was kind of like you can see the way United were playing. There was it was balls over the tops because Leeds couldn't keep with the runners, which, which I was kind of surprised in. Yeah, I don't think Koch was really comfortable in that centre mid role. I don't think he he kind of got dropped into it, and he kind of didn't know what was going on kind of did know what was going on and was like uh and then obviously they moved Dallas into that centre mid role after taking off Rodrigo and playing their new signing whose name I cannot remember so I apologise at the left back which kind of worked for them for a bit and then United got another four goals so it's it was a game where this is a perfect game for United it's a game there's going to be space they can run into they can run into it it's it's going to work they've got fast players so this was like, if you wanted the perfect game for United to kick off the season in front of Old Trafford, this was it. A game where they can play a bit more direct and have these runners going off these people. And it worked for a bit for Leeds. It was nil-nil, it was very stalemate. But the minute one goal went in, it felt like it was, that was it. That was floodgates. It was two, it was three, it was four, it was five. And then obviously Leeds, Ailing scored an amazing goal. Ailing's goal was amazing. But... um. Except for that, no real threat, if I'm honest. Bamford was okay. Rafinha had a poor game. He did a mistake early on that nearly led to a goal. So, um, yeah, I think it's for Leeds, it's it's going to be more of the same. But I think they could have, Defo, Defo could have played better. But that's football for you, I guess. You look at it and it just, and then the tactics work for United and didn't work for Leeds, but... No, no need to worry, Leeds fans. No need to worry. You're gonna be absolutely fine. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure Leeds are definitely gonna be aiming for a better position than last year. And I'm sure when Phillips is back, everything will be back on the right path for them. But let's talk about one of the man or one of the men um of the moment, as in Bruno Fernandez. So Obviously, Euro 2020s was quite recent and mm-hmm. Bruno didn't get any goals or any assists or really play a key role 
in that Portuguese side. But he's started in the Premier League and it seems like he's back to usual business. Yeah, it is. Um, Bruno, you know, United fan that I am myself, you watch these games and you watch him play and see how he plays for Portugal. It's um kind of one of two things, just to sum it all up. One, he's not the main guy at Portugal. <laughs> he's not. You have Ronaldo, you have Jota who was playing, you have Silva who was playing. There's a lot of these that can, a lot of attacks can happen and not have to go through Bruno. Where United, for an attack to happen, it ha- 95% of the time, it will go through Bruno. He'll be involved somewhere else. But also what you had, he didn't have the, the, as much space to operate as he would like. So... I mentioned him drifting out to the left and that made Pogba drift inside because he can do that. But if you watch him for Portugal, he would drift out to his left to like try and get more involved because everything goes down as a wing these days. But but then they wouldn't none the Portuguese left winger wouldn't drift inside, wouldn't drift centrally, it would stay outside. So now it's you've got two people filling the same position and you can't get involved as much. It it was also I know this is a cliche, but um you saw it for Harry Kane when it first started. He these players do get tired, they get tired. They play they played all season and then it's a quick break and then they're playing in Euros. So maybe there was a bit of that. But how I saw it was that he couldn't get in the positions he wanted to play, and he just couldn't find any results there. And the team wasn't going to mould to fit him in. The team was like, oh, you don't play, that's cool. We don't need you. We could just bring someone else in that can play and just stay centrally. And that's what happened. And Portugal were better without him. Because they had that rigid system of, yes, this three, this one, this two, the four, that was it, kind of thing. But um, it's just, it, it is what it is with Bruno there. But this season is off to a bang. I can't ask for more. More of the same, please. I actually can ask for more. And hopefully it continues. <laughs> yeah, he had, a, he had a good game. Um, but for me, I wouldn't say he was my man of the match. Um, I'd probably give it to... The man who has to prove the doubters week in, week out, Paul Pogba. Um, keen to hear what your analysis is on his performance for the game. Because, um, yeah, to me, it seems like he done pretty, pretty good. Yeah, he did. He did play pretty well. I'm just going to... um, well, He got four assists and it's Paul. And you ask, is it the Paul Pogba you get for France? And the Paul Pogba you get for France is someone that plays in the mid that knows, hey, I have... I have Kante there that will sit back so I can really roam and do what I kind of want and I don't need to worry about tracking back and it's all fine. So that's why you either play him so advanced for United, you play him on the left wing as far up the pitch as possible because he doesn't worry because he's got McTominay and Fred to sit back. But when you put him on the left, you don't get the best out of him. So you really want to put him more centrally. And... It worked. It worked. Hopefully, we can see them more. Four assists were great. The balls to Bruno were amazing. He's a great player, and you can't drop him. What he brings to the team is just great. And I think if he continues playing like this, hopefully, he can put the doubters wrong and he can just enjoy his football in the Premier League because I feel like we're really harsh on Paul. More harsh than I've seen him beyond most players that have been in the Prem. But I think because he's so out there. So, um,. Yeah, I'm a massive fan of Paul, and I think you just—he—he's just a great footballer and a joy to watch, and the swagger, and you know, he looks like he's walking with a cane. It's great. I love it. I love it all with Paul. Love it all. Uh, yeah, I mean, I felt like from what I'd seen of Paul, he was just getting 
way more time than he normally did. I don't know if this is because Kotra's operating um, in that role, like I said previously, but it's just the areas where he was receiving the ball, he had enough time to pick out a pass. And Do you think that teams will sort of look at this game and go, okay, look, if we give Paul Pogba the time and space, he's going to pick out a pass and he can bring in players like Bruno Fernandes, who was one of United's key goal creators and goal scorers. Do we focus on Paul Pogba knowing that there's not really that much threat? Um, or do they have to try and adopt a different strategy in order to beat this United side? Um, with with Paul, you can't give him the space, can you? You can't give him space because he will he'll, he'll find these passes time and time again. You see it all the time with Paul Pogba. You give him space, you give him time, he will ping it to... We all ping it out wide. He did it again. He did it against Tottenham a few years ago. I remember watching the All or Nothing documentary, and Mourinho went, "Don't give Paul space because the minute he does, he'll get his head up and he'll find a pass, and Rashford's in behind." And that happened. Rashford's in behind. United scored. So, how I think you could do it is, you can't do what Leeds did and play with the central one central holding midfielder, because Bruno will drop deep. Paul will drop inside. Then you've now now it's now it's double up. You've got two on one. Then you've got McTominay maybe pushing up, Fred maybe pushing up, and now you've got to think, okay, Rodrigo and Klitsch, you have to drop back. And then what you're going to hit on the counter because you have so many players coming back, you can't really hit them on the counter. You get out to Rafinha, he's running down the wing, but then the United players can get back, get in their shape, and you don't really have the centre backs who are moving up for United that much as well. So I feel like if you want to control United and if you want to control Pogba, if I if I was watching this game, I would go, do not give him the time. Do not give him the time because he will punish us. And do not leave Bruno Fernandes by himself because he will punish us. I was I would look at him and just go, just double up. Just double up. And if, if he gets the ball on him, just make him having to um make a mistake. And... Hopefully in future we can talk about the Euros because that's what that's what happened, and then and then they lost. He made a mistake and then he gave it away and they and the other team scored and they went out in pens. So it's it's how it is. It's you just don't give the time. Make him have to play it backwards. Make him have to look away from your goal because he will punish you every single time. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. I totally agree. Um, so, any last comments? Anything um, that you wanted to share with our listeners that they should be looking out for? Um, anything you should look out for regarding United? No, I think I've talked about that. Mason Greenwood now the middle. Keep an eye on that. That's going to be really good. As Cavani was even on the bench, so that shows he's really managing his time. Cavani. Um, regarding Leeds, um, I'm excited to see if Rafinha. And Rodrigo can keep doing what they were doing last season. I want, like, I want to see Rafinha and Dallas and Ailing as well. They're goal scorers, so it's it's great. But that's 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 all I've got. That's all I've got. So just just nothing there. Just keep an eye on. Hopefully, we see a bit more of United, and hopefully, we see a much more of Leeds because I think they have much more to come. Okay, perfect, perfect. Well, let's um let's move on. Let's start talking about Liverpool. Uh versus Norwich uh oh sorry no that's I've looked at the ledger wrong haven't I <laughs> um let's... looking at the wrong page there we go love that love that shall we um, talk about Leicester Wolves yes let's do Leicester Wolves um probably the most frustrating game if you was a Wolves fan um Leicester came out winners in that game after 
a really silky finish uh, from Jamie Vardy. Um, and yeah, a, a proper interesting game. There's a lot of different talking points um, that, that we can focus on. But look, I'll start with this Leicester team, first of all. Um, I think there's a large sort of chance for teams to get at this Leicester side. They've not really got a proper centre-back pairing. I mean, Amati and Soyuncu were good in there. Um, but I just think that with them operating in sort of this slow block and soaking up pressure, soaking up pressure, and then looking to explode with Harvey or Vardy. <laughs> Harvey or Vardy, funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you've just, they're, they're an easy team to to figure out. Um, I think you've just got to be quite dynamic on the ball. I think if you adopt a playing style like United did against Leeds, then you can get a lot of value. Uh, against this 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 Leicester side, um, and then talking about Wolves, <laughs> so they lost one nil, right? Um, mm-hmm. They didn't have large parts of the ball, but I, the amount of chances that they had in the game, um, yeah, they they need to be doing much better um, than than what they're doing at the moment. So if I'm dip, if I'm dipping into the stats, so we're talking about their expected goals versus. Leicester's so expected goals 1.49 versus Leicester's at 0.51 that's a humongous gap that's three times what Leicester's expected that's, that's, goals that's a penalty is. Um, that's a penalty it is, it is a penalty that's, that, that's a penalty if if if, if um, Leicester had a penalty it would match up that's a penalty Ex- gap exactly that's a, <laughs> so just just for the listeners a penalty it varies at being around 0. 0.7 um which is which is quite a large large um, addition to your expected goals but if we break that down and we look into the expected goals on target from Wolves versus Leicester with Wolves it's at 0.22 versus Leicester's which is at 1.18 which is meaning that as much as they took more shots um, and some of them went on target and some of them didn't the ones that did go on target either weren't in difficult positions for the goalkeeper um or were saved whereas Leicester really were putting the ball in places that were difficult for the goalkeeper to save um and I think that was really shown in sort of Jamie Vardy's goal as well which was a proper Jamie Vardy goal running across the near post gets a little flick onto it and and gets it into the roof of the net so yeah they, there's there's a lot of work um to be done with this Wolves side terrible finishing Big chance that Adama had um, when he was through in goal and, and he put that wide. But yeah, I think Wolves fans don't need to be worried. They don't need to be worried at all. I agree weirdly about this. I thought I would disagree because I, I saw it. But I know, I do agree. And don't get used to it. We don't agree a lot. But we agree on this. I agree. I like Wolves, as you know. I like Trincao, and I like Adama, and I'm happy Jimenez is back. So that front three, that's that's an exciting front three. You've got you've got an excitement, you've got pace, and then you've got someone that could head it in, or a goal scorer. And, and then, but then, I look at the XG, and I look at the front three, and I go, makes sense. It makes sense why they haven't scored. Because although these got these are great players, they're not goal scorers. Adama's not he's not known for his goal getting. Trinkau is he's he's fast, he's tricky, he can get past a few people, but he's not known for his goal going. And Jimenez has just came back, which is great to see from that horrific, horrific injury against Arsenal. So um 
Yeah, when when I when you go for the stats well, again, I, I know you've just said it, Alex, but one point four nine expected goals and didn't get one, and then your on targets was zero point two two. It shows there weren't really there weren't really any finishes on that Wolves squad. Do, would you would you would you say that's that's how it came across? Yeah, and I mean I can break it down from looking at that front three as well. So unfortunately, we're not getting the Jimenez that we got before the injury. We're not getting sort of the purring Jimenez who's really not snatching away at these chances that he's getting inside the box. Um, I think there was a chance that he had, which was essentially a free header, which he put wide. And I was just thinking, two years ago, are you missing that? Probably not. Um, and, and I mean, Adama, Adama's never been a huge finisher, but it's it's almost as if he's got worse as a player over the past two seasons. I mean, he's still got his pace, he's still got the power, um, and, and he's still going to put fear into a lot of defenders' eyes, but... It's it's just not there, and his numbers back it up as well in terms of what he did last season. And then Trincao, um, I'm trying to suss him out. Really, this is the first game I've seen him play for Wolves. <laughs> um, I think if I'm talking to the football manager community, clearly he is one of the first people you get if you're in a top six side because he just goes out to be a world beater. But I just don't know. Um, I'm going to see how this develops. I think he's good enough for the Prem, but where he's going to end up in that, um, who knows? But, uh, yeah, that front three is is, is a, bit of a bit of a difficulty at the moment for Wolves. It is a bit of difficulty. And then also, they've got young players as well. They've got Fabio Silva on the bench. He's young. Of course, I think it was, he was here last season, of course, so his first full proper season. And so we can see what maybe he can do if Jimenez ain't scoring. But um, one thing I am interested in talking about is um, is Yuri Tillemans. I am um, I do like Yuri Tillemans, and I am looking at um his stats for the game, and to put it in perspective, he has he had the most touches. He had the second most touches on the pitch, um, behind Suyuncu, which is again I didn't expect that. But um, in his pass types, um, fifteen of his passes were made under pressure, which meant he was getting pressed and he made a pass and it was still completed. That was 15 of his total passes. And then you look at someone from Lee, from Leicester, sorry, the highest was five with Traore. So he would get pressed, he would make the pass, but only five of them would would go, would um find, find its way to another Wolves player. So was that the difference in terms of... um? Getting getting over the line. It was just there was a there was a there was there was something Wolves were lacking, and that Leicester had, for example, a Vardy to find the back of the net, or a Tillemans to make a pass under pressure and not give the ball away, or Perez to do the same thing. It's, would you say would you say that's that's fair of me, or would you say I'm just reading the stats and maybe I should watch the full game properly? Um. Yeah. It's it's, it's about right. I mean, Euro Tillemans probably made about. 50% of his passes in his own half, 50% of them being in, in the opposition's half. And I think that's just the way he plays. He's someone who, who keeps the game ticking. Um, when Leicester first signed him, I, it was something that I was concerned about him was, OK, yes, you can play left to right and sort of do what Shaka does for Arsenal, um, as an example. But 
how you're going to be progressive, how you're going to do more of the ball. But I think he's developed really well as a footballer to be able uh, to be more pivotal to this Leicester side. Um, and I think that's why Leicester sort of saying, hey, look, if we need to get rid of Madison and make some money and sell him to Arsenal um, or another suitor, for example, we've still got players who can pick the ball up in high areas like Yuri and find that pass. Um, so I think, yeah, he was... He, he was he was relatively okay. Um, I wouldn't say it was a game where I go okay. He was outstanding um, and, and and really pivotal to to this team. But I just think I just think that yeah, it's a solid seven out of ten performance. And I'd, I'd say the same for Madison as well. Um, it was a pretty straightforward performance. I mean, this team they looked as if defensively they had problems and I think that's where Yuri lacks um so they brought on Sommer um and and made him play a little bit deeper to just make sure that they hold out the one nil result but yeah centrally you can get at this Leicester team um the centre-backs ain't that strong indeed he's good but he he's not Kante nowhere near that level um but I think teams like for example Brentford might be able to get a good result against this Leicester side just balls over the centre halves, trying to push them high up. Um, I think there's a way, there's a way to beat beat this Leicester side. Yeah, I've, I've, there, there clearly is. Of course, we, we have got room. They have just signed on Vestergaard as well, who's going to be um great, great for them. So that'll be their um for final replacement for Leicester. So maybe I'll add a bit of physicality. And I also saw in the notes you mentioned that the wing backs need to play better balls into the box for Wolves. So I did a bit of digging. Oh. You know how much I like like looking at stats. So I did a bit of digging. And in total, um, not including set pieces, there was only two successful crosses into the Leicester box. The whole game. Yeah. Yeah. Awful. Just... <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand. Um I don't yeah. I don't I don't um I don't rate <laughs> I don't rate Marcel or Hoover I don't at all um, I mean the other choice is Samedo so I guess this is what they have to do but I think I think if this Wolves team decided to operate in a different formation maybe go to like a 4-2-3-1 they could potentially do they could even go even narrower than that and maybe go with sort of a 4-1-2-1-2 um, maybe need the two up top, give Fabio Silva some some games, um, because I just don't think these guys really um, really know how to put a ball in the box. Um, it's it's I I get guess, David Bentley on the phone. Yeah, you need to get him, David Bentley on the phone. Oh, ask, him, ask him how to whip it in. Yeah, they just they, maybe it's the new coach. Maybe the new coach doesn't really want to play that type of way. He's not really thinking percentage. I mean, he's not an English style coach. Um, I don't know too much about him, but maybe this is the way he wants them to play. He wants them to play sort of in between the lines. Don't really want them to play too heavy crosses and just want to make sure that if they are getting these chances, they're quite high percentage. So, I mean, yeah, it, it looks like they're getting high percentage chances, um, but it just looks like they can't finish to save their lives. So, um, it's, 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 a, it's a shame. But I mean, if we if we sort of flip that um, to Leicester, oh, Luke Thomas and, and Ricardo Pereira are going to be world beaters. Yes. Um, yes. Luke Thomas, we saw we saw a shadow of him last season. Uh, in the FA Cup final. 
I believe he smashed in that goal against United. Um, yes, he did. But yeah, he's been. Um, I think them two are going to be very good um, going forward. Luke Thomas, one of their own, went through the academy. Ricardo Pereira, recovering from that injury. We might see the best of him maybe October, November time. But I think if they can get the partnerships working, um, Luke Thomas, Harvey Barnes can definitely work. Um, Ricardo Pereira, I'm not sure if Ayozi Perez is the man. I just don't rate him. I don't understand what he does. <laughs> Why is he in the team? Sell him, get twenty five <laughs> oh, mil, no. and just and just move on and, and, and put someone else there. I don't I don't know why. Um, they let Damari Gray. Is it Damari Gray? I may be getting it wrong. Um, go to Everton, but it was Damari Gray. Uh, yeah, I just think they're they're close. Fourth place is probably where they should be aiming for. But are they going to get that? We'll see. We'll see. Um, but any final comments from you? Um, yes, actually. Um, we're talking about Wolves' finishing. This is just a quick one. Sorry, I've gone down like a little rabbit hole because I'm really, I, I can't believe it didn't score. So um, they had a they had a shot accuracy of eighteen um, shot on target accuracy of eighteen percent. So only three of their seventeen shots were on target. And wow. I also looked at the outcome of their shots. And to summarise it, Leicester's was saved, blocked, saved, wayward, gold, saved, saved, off-target, blocked. So, you know, saves and, and a few wayward and I think one off-target. Wolves if one from the 10th minute in. The first saved shot was, saved on target shot, was the 67th minute. The rest are, one saved off-target and the rest is either blocked or just off-target completely. So it kind of shows that the first real save um, Schmeichel had to make, which was going in if he didn't save it, was the, was the um, 67th minute. And I, from 17 yards out as well. So it wasn't even like really close. I, 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 I can't. Yeah, no, they need, I just can't get my head around it. I can't get my head how nine yards out you've headed it and it's gone wide. Seven yards out you've headed it and it's gone wide. I just can't see it. They've both just... Of, both of those were Jimenez, by the way. They were. They were. <laughs> yeah, I'm the camera so... right now. And they were. So maybe I can look past it, but I just... Yeah. Maybe something needs to be done there. But well done, Nesta. Hey, well done, Nesta. I'm, I'm happy for them. I like I like that club. I like Tyus Um, Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, well, we'll, we'll find out a little bit more about those clubs as the season goes on. Yeah, of course. See how best of God slots in. Let's we're gonna for the main reason of we are running out of time. Um, we're gonna skip over to the Tottenham and City game, which I believe both of us watched. Um, yes, we did. So yes, I did. I'm keen to hear your thoughts on the game. One um, 0 Tottenham done relatively well. I thought everything was on the counter for them. It's a few standout, yes. few standout performances. Um, yes, they weren't terrible, but they weren't great. But my mystic Meg is coming true that Jack Grealish is is going to struggle in this city side. But yeah, I hear. agree. I, that, sorry, I disagree. I disagree about Jack. Jack. But we'll get to that in a sec. I'm excited. I'm excited for this bit because this is the first thing we're like both like. Mm, we don't really see eye time in it, but um. I'm going to take off my hat, my little um, 
XG stat hat and put on my other casual hat and tell you, I'm going to be honest with you, Alex, 15 minutes in, when I saw Oliver skip, I thought it was game over. I thought City were going <laughs> to run him down because he wasn't playing that good. <laughs> and Oliver... I apologise because you became really good. I felt like he just like grew into the game, and that that really helped them because they were skipping past him. No pun intended, but they were. They were getting past him. He was like having to push people. He was having to like grab their shirt. He couldn't keep up, and I was like, "Wow, this is gonna. This is too big of a game for him." But um, I'm happy with Tottenham and how they played. You, you know what it was. You see when um certain football players get um, alienated from from a squad and then the manager goes and a new manager comes and they try and bring them back into the squad. It sometimes doesn't work because they've been left out so long. With Oliver Skip and Dele Alley, I was like, this is this is a great performance from you two. You've been, you, you got left out. You didn't really play as many games as you wanted to. You've come in, new manager, new face and you guys have been brilliant. You guys were great and you played football. San- David Sanchez, where was this Sanchez last season? Can you tell me? Because he wasn't He wasn't there. He wasn't there. Tanganga, great. Love it. Love him as well. But um, to be a bit more statistical about it and be a, bit, a tad more serious, City didn't actually play that bad. Tottenham were just clinical. Like 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 you've put on City weren't actually playing bad. They didn't actually play a really bad game. It's just they just didn't roll them over like we all expected. And the minute you don't roll them over, you think, well, City are having a bad game. They weren't amazing. I agree. Hands up. They weren't amazing, but they weren't bad. I thought they. I thought City played a good game. I just thought today Tottenham just took their chances. Um, Son doing things that we all know he can do. He doesn't need Harry Kane. He can still score these goals. That. That left foot is wicked, and you've just got City. Who I I I don't want to talk about this because I will get too infuriated. So I'm going to pass it off to you, Alex, and City not playing with a striker. Yeah, <laughs> I'm uh... going to because I I I I I will ramble for the next eighty minutes. I'm going to be honest with you about why they should play a striker and how is it Pep doing Pep things or is he is this his way of going? Look, we need Harry Kane. Put one seventy on the table. Let's just get him. So, <laughs> this whole um, we should be playing with a false nine, like Ferran Torres thing that he's doing, is is not working. It doesn't work. It they lost in the Community Shield to Leicester. They played him in a false nine. Then they played him in a false nine today, and it wasn't anything different really in terms of going forward. I think the key thing that they've done over the last game that they had was that Ferran Torres, Jack Grealish and Raheem at times were sort of operating in a cycle of we're just going to interchange. Sometimes one of us will pop up on the left, someone's going to be in the middle, one of us will go out wide, etc, etc. Um, and I think they were just trying to confuse how Tottenham's defence had to deal with that. Um, but, yeah, this whole striker situation at City I think first of all Harry Kane's stock has gone up since Tottenham's beat them I think there's going to be a huge problem in terms of trying to trying to sign him now I would be there I would be asking for double I'd be like mate double it I don't care just give me the money you need him exactly Um, but I think there's other strikers out there that 
that they can get. I don't think they need. They don't need a world beater. Um, they need someone who's a target man, someone who can sort of link the play up, who's got relatively good movement. Um, someone who you can get the head on the ball. Like, for example, when they had Edin Dzeko, Edin Dzeko and this team would thrive, I reckon, with all of the different types of players around them. And I don't think Edin Dzeko was that great, but they just need someone who's going to basically be the fulcrum up top because right now um it's all a little bit a little bit too obvious a little bit too cute um and they just they just need to be a little bit more expansive and having the strikers definitely definitely going to help with that um but Tottenham <clears throat> excuse me Tottenham is Tottenham has going to be excited I'd say. <laughs> oh, did that did that burn to say? Was that a bit of like yeah, is that way you cleared the phrase? Yeah, like like like, like oh, I don't really want to say it. After Arsenal lose, I just move on. There's absolutely no need for me to <laughs> say anything. But Tottenham fans can be excited because I think there's two players I want to shout out. Tanganga, um, who I got mm-hmm. absolutely roasted in the group chat for saying that Tanganga <laughs> is gonna be world beater, probably better than Zuma right now. And like this game was really just a report to, to show that he sort of came in with this mentality of old school Arsenal <laughs> versus United. Scummy tactics. Oh, I am going to go through you. Mentality. I'm going to go through you. I just I do not loved care you it. I just, I just loved it. Like he was on Jack Grealish's toes. He must I think he committed four fouls or five fouls in total. Um, him and Hoiberg were teaming up and it's almost like Lucas got the bug of yep we're going to do that then I felt like he's the one that was the pulse of sort of the rest of the team especially Skip and making them play a little bit more nastier and yeah it's a good it's a good thing to see Tottenham do do that type of style and, and implement it in this City team which just looks a little a little lightweight I love all the um those kind of tactics, you know, you get the like, the, it's, it's, it's labelled as the Italian way of playing, you know, there's like, they're, they're getting a foul here, you know, leaving a mark, you know, kicking him, you know, the, the for example, the Ronaldo wink, the scummy tactics, you know, to get the win, to do anything you need to get the win, and Mourinho once said, nice guys don't win football matches, so... You, this is this is proof. They weren't nice, they were in your face, they were aggressive, they played really, really well, and I'm really happy about this result as i said perfect weekend of football and although we can we can talk about the scum tactics i, I like to talk about tanganga and son so i'm thinking i'm gonna I'm, I'm, we've got to come back to son before we finish this episode off looking at the stats <laughs> if we go to the thing um we love looking at it literally was in look at it you go it was all city it was all city but Watching it, I didn't think it was. I thought it was. I thought it was kind of Tottenham didn't look in too much danger. Would, would you not? Would you not agree? Yeah, and I think the reason for that is if you're looking at the expected goals on target, this is the only area that Tottenham really won in. Um, you've got Spurs at point seven five, um, and then you've got City who had point four four. That that's really telling, um, and I think I was speaking to one of my friends who's a Spurs fan, and he was basically saying that we had all the chances, 
we 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 could have scored we could have scored maybe three or four goals and City really didn't look like that. Um, and I'm even looking at the shot map um, right now, and City have sort of had shots from all over the place. Really, you've you've got maybe what there's five shots outside the box. The rest of those were inside the box, um, and they had a total shots of eight eighteen. So. They did, they did sort of let it rip, but it just seems like they were either wayward or not on target. Um, yeah, it's not maybe not something to be worried about, but it does highlight the whole get a proper striker because I think in those areas they're going to be a little bit more clinical and much more effective. Now, yeah, they do need to um sort out this whole striker situation they've got going on. I don't, <clears throat> I don't really understand why they haven't got a proper striker. But sorry if you hear me. Talking about wayward shots, I'm just gonna find out about City's City's shots this this game, and yeah, they weren't they weren't that that good. They weren't they really weren't a lot of blocks, a lot of waywards off target. But um, let's start the debate. Let's end it in a nice, healthy debate. Let, let's Jack Grealish, Mister um Mister Hundred Million Pounds. I thought he had a good game. <laughs> I didn't think he played that bad. I thought he, out of all the City players, I mean, people see Ferran Torres and they love seeing people run, don't they? The, the commentators love seeing someone run up and down the pitch. So they see Ferran Torres running up and down the pitch and like, he's been great. He's been running a lot. He must be getting good, but he wasn't really doing that much. Run all you like, do whatever. But then Greenish, I mean, he got there, well... I think top two chance, maybe even the most clear cut chance when he had to shoot and it was straight was straight out. Lloris, who God, somehow nearly spilled it, it must be the power behind that shot. And I was like, he was dribbling in the first ten minutes. He was playing the right passes. He he wasn't like um, not being British. He was just playing the way he can play. But then there is that question: if he's not the main vocal point, can he perform? And I think that's where you stand with him. If I'm not wrong. Yeah, it's um, there's too many stars in this city team. To to, <laughs> They're to too good. Really be be as good as what he can be. I mean, like looking at the starting eleven, um, you've got Raheem, Ferran, and then you've got Riyad leading the line. Then they're playing Jack in this this sort of half midfielder, half winger role, um, just in front of Benjamin Mendy. I just. Look, he had one shot on, <laughs> that was on target, and that's the one um, that Laurie said. Yeah, Apart was. from that, I think Tanganga just just absolutely kicked his shins into a blue. Yeah, I, I bet uh, he regretted when those small shin pass that game. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But I, I just don't... I, I, think, I think he's easy um, to deal with. If I'm a manager and I'm looking at that, that Jack Grealish side, I'm thinking, he's not that much different to how Pepe is on the ball. You double up on him, you make sure he's not really got too much space, um, and foul him if needed. But I think, I think the only, I think the only way this may change is Pep's got to, he's got to adopt a different formation, or there's going to be a lot of players that need to be dropped um, because Mares. For me, was the worst player on the pitch. Um, just didn't have a good game, and he wasn't good in the Community Shield either. Um, but I don't know how they're gonna figure this out if they do 
sign Harry Kane because Harry Kane is going to play out there by himself. Raheem, are you dropping him? Fran Torres, are you dropping him? Who's playing in the midfield three? Well, you're probably looking at that midfield and thinking where Jack played, KDB is going to come in and play there. Um, like what? What is it you're going to do? Are you going to go three at the back? Um, and try and play the three-four-three that a lot of teams have adopted, um, such as such as Chelsea. Um, I don't know. It's it's a it's a difficult it's a difficult one, and I just think Jack hasn't got or he hasn't been set up to succeed in this team yet. But we've got a long season. We have. It's it's it's, very, it's going to be a very long season. We've got Champions League. That's a difficult thing for signing someone for that X amount of money who also plays in the business in as someone that just had a really good Euros, so you can't really drop him. So you kind of like, could I drop? Yeah, I kind of totally forgot about KDB. Um, Where is Jack going to play? Do you play KDB Force 9, but you want to get Harry Kane? So do you play Harry Kane and striker, play KDB and drop Jack Grealish? I always thought Sterling wasn't Pep's biggest fan, so maybe that's where Jack Grealish was shot and Jack will go. But in this match... Um, Pep was play, basically playing 4-2-4 four, 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 and it just didn't work. <laughs> it was. It was a 4-2-4. Four, four. It, it was. Uh, it was 4-2-4 it was, it was four, and, and it just didn't work. And um, Tottenham knew what they were going to come. Maybe I was a bit harsh on Nuno. I didn't, I didn't know what like Nuno would bring to them because with Wolves, you've got a very structured back three and then you've got win backs. So I was like, Tottenham don't really play a back three. So how are you gonna, what are you going to do there kind of thing? And he hasn't. He's gonna go and play. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna play four two three one, and have the two two centimeters holding, and it just works. And that that means Tanganga and Reggie can bomb down because Oliver Skip and Hoiberg can like fill in the gaps. They would be there. So it basically, just go into a three at the back or another four at the back of CDMs, which is um good to see. And no, yeah, I agree with half of everything you said. I think Mares is playing a bit too wide. Mares wants to cut in. I think he. I remember watching them last season. He really has a go at Mares when Mares comes drifts inside. He really hates it. And I remember when um, it's kind of like when Eto plays for Mourinho and he played Eto played Marie, Mourinho played Eto sorry on the wing. Eto played Mourinho, uh, Mourinho played Eto on the wing, <laughs> and it was kind of like why are you playing him there? But Eto said he would only play for. So I think the same with Mares. Mares is a winger. I know. I know Mares isn't a striker, but he wants to cut inside and. Pep makes him stay out wide because you want to, again, stretch. You want to stretch the team as much as possible for these runners of Gundogan and Greenish to find the gaps between the centre-backs, between the centre-mids, between the left-back and centre-back. And that's where you get these late runners into the box. And that's what works really well for City. But, um, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do. And I'm excited to see what he's going to do. I think he's going to change it. And as we say in the FPL community, Pep's going to do Pep things. And Pep will make this work and it cannot work and they're going to be dangerous so just yeah don't don't rule Jack Greenish out just yet if I was Fran Torres I would be not too comfortable in this false nine position knowing KDB is nearly back to full fitness and that he came on and had a beautiful strike that was forced to save and got a corner like two minutes in so what a player and what a man um, we have a couple of minutes left. Well, a couple, I say we've got another like five. Would you agree, Alex? Five, six minutes left. Yeah, we've got. We've got, oh, we got, we got a bit of time. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you'd like to talk about? Anything you want to bring up? Any tactical insight? Any things to look out for next weekend? 
This is a bit of free uh, reign. Say what you want to say. Yeah, so um, next week, there's there's quite a few good games that are on. And I'm just trying to think which ones are going to be the best ones to pick out for you to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah. Premier League's an exciting, in, in an exciting position at the moment. Um, I think when we looked at the games for the first month or so, there's always a big game happening um, within that week, whether it be Arsenal versus Chelsea or Arsenal versus City. Um, I think we've also got a big game where it's Leeds versus Liverpool, um, for example. But there's there's games that are worth watching. I think for next week, I mean, you've got to watch Brentford versus Crystal Palace. Um, that's Palace with a new manager. Brentford's just come up. That's that's definitely going to be worth your time. Um, you've got Villa Newcastle. Both lost their first game. Can they sort of bounce back? Newcastle's going to be with Joe Willock this time. Is he going to play? Is he not going to play? Um, you've got Wolves versus Tottenham. Um, that's Nuno um, coming back to his own dumping ground. So wondering how that's going to work for him. West Ham, Leicester City, you, you've kind of got the overachievers um, in West Ham versus versus Leicester. Um, there's a bunch of games that are on here. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd spend some time um, learning a little bit more about some of these games. Yeah, for sure. No, I agree. I agree. There's a lot of games I look forward to. Um, I'm excited. Again, Wolves Spurs. Wolves have, I think their stadium is the lowest stadium. In the whole Premier League, which is a fact for you right there. Like, it's like in the ground. Like, it's not like, yeah, it's, it's super strange. I really want to it, but it's like really deep. So, that, so that's, that's a weird one. Or it might be the highest. I really can't remember. Just just remember that. That's a fact from us here. If you don't take anything away from this podcast, take away that fact. Um, you've also got Arsenal-Chelsea. Another great, great game coming up soon. But um, if I was you guys, I would actually... Really, I would be excited to watch Brighton Watford, which is you've got Brighton who are the XG Kings, and you've got Watford who watching that Villa game really can't defend the best. So I want to see if Brighton are just gonna pepper them or if Watford are gonna do what they did to Villa and just get 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 goals. So this might be honestly maybe two or two all. I can see it being high scoring, end to end. I can just see it being fun. It's just gonna be a fun game to watch. <laughs> yeah. Um. Any other things you guys should watch out for? Corners. Look out for corners. Corners are exciting to watch. I love corners. I, I really want to do... We're going to do an episode in corners. I'm sorry, Alex. I'm kind of just throwing <laughs> this on you. I'm, there's going to be an episode on set pieces and stuff we just want to mention that we can't mention normally. So, corners as well. Look how people defend corners. It's All teams do it differently and it's half sauna, half my marking. Um, anything else you should... I think you should really keep an eye out for... No, not really. Just a shout out. Um, I get the comment of the old XG Kings, Bright, Brightford, Brightford. Get putting two teams together there. Brighton. Um, who got the highest XG this week? Did they actually? Uh, I believe they did. I'm. Oh. They got a one point they... seven nine uh, as their XG um, for this week, and I don't think. Is there anyone else that's... Sorry, 1.73, and I don't think there's anyone else that even got there. I don't think United did, which is... um. Yeah, no, United didn't. Yeah, we got like a 1.2. Yeah, so, so there um, you go. Yeah, 
Brighton, XG Kings. Stays really true to the really true to the name. But wow, for a first episode, for a first weekend, it, it's great. It's been great. Would you not would you not would you not agree? I'm sorry. I'm trying to like be professional because obviously but the Arsenal victory just kind of just, just kind of like that's 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 just the start of this great cake of football I'm gonna eat this weekend. It was just the first bite and it was like, wow, I can really enjoy this. And you just get to the epicenter and it was just a nice chocolate filled ball of greatness. And it was amazing. Yeah, I loved it. Sure. I mean, <laughs> I got 108 points in FPL. So, but, 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 come on. <laughs> That's very true. You did. You did. I only got 88. So, um, I've got a, a catch up to do already. So, um, Diego Jota. Perform for me next week, please, because you're going to come in. Um, well, if that's all from me, that's actually all from me. Is that yeah, all from that's, you? that's all good. Um, I guess we've got to do the normal um, signing off. So like, subscribe, <laughs> tell your friends, tell your family, tell your mum, tell of your auntie. Um, tell everybody about this little thing going on. Um, 110% tell your dog tell your cat tell your teachers tell everyone because although we are doing it for us it would be nice to get a viewer base Um, I'm enjoying doing this uh, even if we had three viewers who commented now and then that would still that would still, that'd be fine for me because there's always another chance for us to talk about football which we do in our spare time at 99% of the time but yeah like subscribe all that little things there um hopefully we'll speak to you soon and hopefully you can listen in to me soon and thank you very much and that's goodbye from me is that goodbye from yeah, you alex goodbye from me and yeah see you guys next week